And happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday, especially happy Monday to my brother, Kenny T. Knocked out by Kenny. What's good, fam? Yo, what's good? You already know it's Monday and we are back. Monday, we got a lot to say. Factual, like always. Absolutely. And uh, happy to be back on a Monday. Uh, Slightly different time uh, tonight. I want to let everyone know that tonight at uh, 8 p.m., the roundtable will be taking place on a Monday, um, not on its usual Thursday, but on a Monday uh, on D-Style Boxing. So right when we're done here, make sure you get ready to check out the roundtable on um, D-Style Boxing, El Capitan himself of HCP. So first off, I got to give a big up to a few people here in the chat, especially Team Batman Boxing. He was first up in here. Punch Smiley also here. Spirits is in the house. Anton M. Okay. Andres Rodriguez. Haven't seen you in ages, fam. What's good with you? Um, and yeah, we're here to talk boxing as usual. And no better place to start than this past Saturday, Kenny. Live from Manchester on Sky in the UK. We were watching the Sky broadcast here until ESPN decided to put their commentary crew into effect. But nonetheless, it was Amir Khan taking on Kel Brook. Now, a lot of people seem to be surprised by the result of this, which is essentially Kel Brook winning every minute, maybe not every minute, but definitely every round. Um, you know, absolutely dominating Amir Khan, um, out jabbing him, out boxing him, um, out pretty much doing everything other than clinching and holding on the inside, which Amir Khan was doing a lot uh, when there were opportunities to inside fight and when he was hurt. People were surprised by this. I know you weren't surprised, Kenny. Uh, Joe Habib, I know he wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised because we all picked Kel Brook going into this fight. But, Kenny, what are your thoughts, having seen it all develop in front of your very eyes? We were uh, definitely the very few to choose uh, Kel Brook for this victory. But, uh, you know, if you have any, I don't know, look, I guess people were just believing in Amir Khan speed. My thought is if you have any type of analytical uh, boxing knowledge and you are not making an emotional decision based on what you think uh, uh, your eye test uh, values more, I feel that you would have chosen Kell Brook to win this fight. If you have seen Amir Khan in all of his previous fights before Kell Brook, uh, there's one thing that we know. He starts off strong. He throws a lot of punches early. His speed and and punches and bunches seem to be enough in the early rounds to keep fighters away from him, at least previously. But from my knowledge, you know, Amir Khan doesn't seem to have a lot of power like that. People are saying, oh, Kell Brook's eye, you know, the orbital bone, that's going to be a factor. I didn't see that being a factor. Amir Khan isn't a big puncher. Uh, So I I didn't think Kell Brook's eye was going to be damaged. But one thing that I did know, one thing that I did know was that Kell Brook is an amazing counterpuncher. The guy has great timing, and I thought that he that was going to get the best of Amir Khan. I thought that Kell Brook was going to be relentless in there, 
And he was, he was, you know, Amir Khan had a good, like maybe the first minute of the fight where, where he looked very sharp, fast, and, you know, not necessarily powerful because he wasn't necessarily backing up Kell Brook, but he looked fast, you know. Uh, and that only lasted but for so long, unfortunately. I'll tell you, Kell Brook did, did his thing. He went in there and demolished uh, Amir Khan. Amir Khan got saved by the referee. I'm glad he stopped the fight when he did because we were just going to see that for the remainder of the fight and even possibly worse because the, the beatdown was getting worse as the rounds went on. Yeah, so, we don't we know, see bad damage like that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, I messed up. I should have had the hanging glove as my background today because, you know, that's the background I put when I think somebody should hang the gloves up. And this this past weekend, I think it's time for, for Amir Khan to hang them gloves up. You know, it doesn't seem like He's going to beat anybody in the top. And if you're just and if you're going to start doing what Chris Eubank is doing, calling smaller opponents, calling out people for names just to be in boxing for money, not necessarily going for titles and for legacy, then it's time to, to hang those up. Well, I want to get into that in a moment um, as we transition to kind of what's next for these for these guys. Right. But back to Amir Khan for a second, as Kenny sips that. That, that kombucha, we're both a big fan of, of kombucha, uh, especially that brand in particular. Uh, the guy hadn't fought at a high level in a very, very, very long time. Very long time. Um, you know, he, he fought against Billy Dibb in a showcase fight in Australia, sorry, in Saudi Arabia that he was paid very well for, right? Um and before that, I mean, you got to go back to 2019 when he got washed by Terrence Crawford. Before that, there were two fights that he was in against lower-level competition, okay? And then before that, it was when he got really beat up and knocked out, actually, by Canelo Alvarez. So I didn't see any of the things that had troubled Kell Brook in the past troubling Amir Khan. Kell Brook is a very good boxer who got beat twice by guys that were bigger than him. Um, and he's a big welterweight. I mean, everything was going well for him. The jab, the the le- leaping left hook, the, the lead right, you know, the body punches. It was all there. So, you know, what what can what can you say about that? In terms of where I think he should go, uh you know what's that? Ignore the police, folks. It is what it is. We live, not, we live in New York City. That's never gonna stop. I, we live, I, our show is just too hot. You know, what I'm saying we live right in the middle of New York City, not in the suburbs. So, if it's New York City, is always gonna be a character in this show. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that where do they go from here? Well, I think Amir Khan should should retire. As Philly Iris said, he probably should have retired a couple fights ago. And where should Kell Brook go? A Connor Ben fight sounds reasonable to me. You alluded to Chris Eubank Jr. I think that that's not a really good fight. That's just a fight for money. Um, Kell Brook doesn't really gain any kind of legacy, I don't think, by beating a guy that's fighting at 160 who's hasn't really ever done anything at 160, but has a name thanks to his father. And if you're Chris Eubank Jr. and you're 33 years old and you say you want to be a middleweight champion... Why are you looking, unless, other than the money, like, just be honest about it then. You're not interested in titles. You're interested in money. Because if you're interested in titles, you should be fighting guys or looking to fight guys with middleweight titles. 
it sounds to me when I hear guys like Eubank Jr. and Eubank Jr. specifically in this case, calling out lower weight class guys who, by the way, are past their prime. You're not interested in actually being a world champion in your weight class. And look, go fight somebody else. That's my opinion on that fight. Connor Ben, I don't it's have a, a problem with. He's a younger guy, wants to make a name for himself. Kelbrook is still in and around his, his weight division, and he'd actually be moving up. So Connor Ben, I'm okay with. Eubank Jr., no, no, no. No gracias. I, I, you know, in response to that, I, I think that Eubank Jr., that's, that's a joke. Uh, we, I agree with you. That's all a call out for money. I don't care about that. We don't want to see that, uh, you know, the bigger dude versus the smaller dude. We saw what happened with uh, uh, Kel Brook last time he fought at 160. He said he's trying to move up in weight from that 147. Last fight was at 149 catch weight. I think he should st- go to 154 and stay there, uh, finish his career off there. I don't think he should go any higher. And Chris Eubank Jr., it needs to stop being a joke. That, that That's funny to me. And Connor Ben. He's been calling out a hell of a lot of people lately, you know, but I don't really see how it happened for Conor Ben either. And it'd be a stupid move for Conor Ben because uh, Kelbrook again, uh, once again, Kelbrook said 147 is not it for him. It's too hard for him to make 147. So that means that he's going to be fighting at 154. Conor Ben is establishing himself at 147. Why would he risk going up to 154 to fight a heavier, more experienced, stronger fighter? Stay yourself at 147 and fighting yourself the next best option that is not Adrian Broner at 147. Please and thank you. I wouldn't even have the biggest problem with the Broner fight, given where he is at his stage in his career. Um, I think that in terms of Britain and significance in England, especially, you know, uh, the Kell Brook fight would be a big fight. They get highly paid for it. It would be box office on Sky, probably. Sorry, it would probably be on the zone, actually, if they could get that fight. And the big question is, is Kelbrook tied promotionally to Boxer um, and to their broadcaster, which is Sky Sport? Because if he isn't, I mean, he could just go back over to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and make a fight on the zone. If he is, you know, and I heard Conor Ben questioning his promotional flexibility, then that fight becomes more difficult. But of the two... It's, I mean, for me, it's clear, like, it's Conor Ben all day. I, I don't want to see the the fight at all with Chris Eubank Jr. I'm just not not interested in it. And quite frank, frankly, I'm not even really that in, interested in Chris Eubank Jr. at all. I agree. Unless he's in a title fight. I, I agree. I also, I, also think, I also think that it, it sucks for Kel Brook that – both the names of people that are calling him out that could be big money fights are either a weight class below or a weight class above of where his supposed designated weight class is going to be 154. It seems like they always want Kelbrook to be on the move, either up or down, man. They got somebody's got to fight him in his own weight class. The only name I could think of um, that would kind of make sense in terms of a name but the guy doesn't have a title, but I do think that it would be a big fight where he fights, is um, Tim Zhu, because he is at 154. All of the other names at 154, they're not really like stars, you know? Um, They're just not. Um, Or I think they'd be very, very difficult fights for him, 
like a Jermel Charlo or Brian Castaño. I w- if I was managing Kel Brook, I wouldn't put him anywhere near those two guys. Maestro management would be keeping those two guys really far from Kel Brook. And the only reason I'd say Tim Zhu is because Tim Zhu still is relatively inexperienced comparatively to Brook. Uh, we don't quite know what he is yet. He does have a name and he does draw huge crowds in Australia and he could get paid for that. But, you know, I, I don't I don't really see many options for Kel Brook at 154. Philly Drew Irish is bringing up one um, and he's saying uh, Danny Garcia. One. Yeah, the only thing is Danny Garcia is not a not a really big name. Um, you know, uh, he c- kind of was maybe a little bit at 147, but he was never really a big star those kind of selling arenas out or anything like that, you know, and for that fight to, to do well, they'd have to sell it in the UK. So would that fight sell in the UK? I don't know. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. I think it's clear why the names we're hearing are guys like Eubank Jr. And, and Connor Ben, because they have names in the UK. Um, but what, what do you think about, uh, what do you think about uh, Terrence Crawford's comments uh, saying that uh, UK fans are the best fans in boxing, period? Well, I actually want to get into that next because that's one of the, the topics of discussion. You know, I'm not trying to bury the lead here, but that that is one of the topics of discussion. And actually, let's just go to that now. Uh, and then we can talk about Catterall and taking on Taylor for a 140 supremacy afterwards. Look. I said this on the round table. I'm going to say it again right here. People were digging the grays for Sky as a boxing outlet. Uh, once Eddie Hearn and Matchroom left, and they were left without a, like a major promoter. And it was starting to look and sound a lot like HBO's final days in the sport. And don't forget, people are saying similar things about Showtime, too. You know, old media. You know, oh, it's an old model. Oh, Pay-per-view is dead and all of this other stuff. And I'm going to, you know, I was hoping that the zone would take over the market. And I'll tell you why I don't like pay-per-view. But there clearly still is a major demand for people to watch more traditional forms of boxing on TV, whether it's through your cable or satellite operator like Sky or like BT, uh, who also sells pay-per-views. So enter Ben Shalom and enter Boxer as a new fledgling promotion. They land this Sky deal, and um, they've hit two home runs. Uh, first two times what they've been at, at the plate, really, with kind of major major promotions. The first one was Eubank Jr. against Liam Williams. That did very well on Sky for Sky. And then the second one was this. It was a major card, major promotion, and we're starting to see a more of a U.S. presence on their television networks. We saw Clarissa Shields fighting on the other card of Eubank and Williams. And we saw Terrence Crawford go out there as part of this, uh, you know, um, television production, supposedly there to back Bomac and back Amir Khan, who Bomac was training. But I do think, Kenny, that his other intention to go out there was to... Well, yeah, was to see, you know, is this a place I can fight? And his comments would indicate that he feels that. Because you know what? English fans and Scottish fans, let's not forget, he won his title in Britain, in Scotland, respect elite boxing. They always have. Um, It's why 
guys have gone out to do fights there historically. You go back to Tyson, even further back. You go back to Ali. You go further back. I mean, major fighters across the weight classes have ventured out to fight in England because people in England pay to see foreigners fight. More recently, obviously, Triple G headlined uh, uh, a sold-out show at the O2. You know what I mean? And, you know, even a lot of U.K. fighters, um, you know, that have been big in recent years and in history have been born in other countries. Lloyd Hunnigan, the famous welterweight, Jamaican-born. You know, Dillian White, Jamaican-born more recently. You know, uh, Derek Chisora, he's not born in the U.K., I don't believe that that Joshua Boazzi is born in the UK either. So they 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 oftentimes do support foreign born fighters and foreign based fighters. And you know, Team Batman is reminding us most recently Danny Jacobs fought at a, at a relatively large venue, Alexandra Palace. Um, Loma fought at the uh, O2 as well, as did Klitschko. So they've supported these foreign fighters. Why not go out there if you're Terence Crawford, Kenny? So so this leads me to think two things. First, that he saw how this fight with two fighters that he beat recently fought each other and their event did greater than his event did with both of them and he beat both of them. That's the first thought. Second thought is, that man is definitely shopping, and I'm going to ask you, because now the, the, what you just said leads me to think that Maestro Management is suggesting that Terrence Bud Crawford signs with Sky over there in the UK and Maestro becomes their star premier boxer. All the way saying that he should fight in the UK. I don't know whether or not a long-term deal, a multi-fight deal, works well for Terrence Crawford. I don't know if he's got the clout or the bargaining ability. Actually, I know he doesn't, but it doesn't just because he doesn't have what Canelo has doesn't mean that he can't try to replicate Canelo in his own way. Cause Canelo's so big right now that he can shop, you know, he can go, okay, I'll go for you for this fight. I'll go for you for this fight. I'll go for you for this fight. Um, Terrence Crawford was given an interview. Great interview, by the way, with radio Raheem. He's, he's really been doing great work. Uh, always has actually, you know, he got Terrence Crawford to essentially say, look, I don't know if a promoter will just allow me to take a fight with them, take their fighter's belt and walk off and just go fight for somebody else after. So he's being realistic in terms of setting expectations. But the UK is a great market. And one of the things that you'll oftentimes see in the United States that you'll never see in the UK are like big fights, championship fights. Uh, but taking place in front of like under a thousand people in like a Native American reservation, casino. Well, there's two reasons for that. The first one is obviously they don't have Native American casinos in in the UK. Uh, but the other reason is they don't put those those magnitude of fights or fights of that magnitude in small little venues. They put what we would put in a ballroom in in an Alexandra Palace. They'd put what we would put in a boardwalk hall in a major arena, and they would put what we put in a major arena in a football stadium. So, yeah, if you're Terrence Crawford and you've been fighting for world titles um, in, 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 in smaller venues, 
through no fault of your own all the time because you were doing pretty well when you were marketed properly in Omaha. And then you go out and you're in the UK and you're seeing guys in stadiums and you're seeing them at the Manchester Arena, which, by the way, is like bigger than Madison Square Garden in terms of seating capacity. You're like, damn, I could fight out here. I can make good money out here. You know, I don't have to sign with the PBC. I don't have to sign with top rank. I could sign the fight out here. And why not do it? You know, especially if they could bring you some names, even if they're like British names while you wait for the big fight. Kenny. I don't think that that's a bad idea. And uh, that'll bring his value up, right? That'll bring his sellable, marketable value up. So that can't be an excuse from this other uh, um opposing promoters when trying to put up fights with Terence Crawford. They if his fan base would grow in the UK, so they can't say that he doesn't have any fans or doesn't have a following or doesn't generate pay-per-view buys or whatever the case may be. You know, that could be a a a, a chance to make his outlook in boxing, make his outreach in boxing greater, which could then uh make his demand for these bigger fights that much greater. You know, he could go out to the UK and not even take a risky fight for his first fight in the UK. Just f- fight and beat one of their t- one of their very popular guys over there. You understand what I'm saying? And gain popularity, and then come back to the table with this generated this many numbers, this whatever, whatever. Uh, Arrow Spence, uh, who, uh, um, or you know, if this other dude uh, uh, Ugas wins the fight, Arrow Spence or Ugas, whoever wins the fight, bring it over here next. You're gonna generate crazy numbers. Yeah, he's asking for Nando's asking for a name. Terrence Crawford against David Avenetian does good numbers in the UK. There's no doubt about it. He's a European champion. People in the UK know him. He's based in the UK, even though it's he's Russian. It's an international fight. Terrence Crawford is a star um, amongst boxing fans in the UK. People know who he is. They respect him, and him doing a show in. England will be treated as a huge spectacle. He you just beat two saying? of their top guys. Uh, not top guys, two guys that just sold out a stadium. He, it, he, it, he, it, he beat those two guys. It would be the equivalent of, like, uh, name, your, name your musician from, from the U.S. Who, who's never been to the United uh, U.K. before or hasn't in a really long time doing a performance there. People are going to go to it because it's a spectacle, right? David Avenition against Terrence Crawford, like, that, that, that to me, that would fill that would fill an arena for sure, Kenny. I could see that. Uh, I think that him going overseas would be a great idea for his finances, his outreach, and for his chances of getting a big, uh, big fight with uh, Terence Crawford or Ugas, whoever wins that fight. Um, but <clears throat> I got another one too. When you're done, go for it. Go for it. I, well, I, I what, about, what about Sandor Martin? He's from Europe. Right, he's Spanish. He got that big win over Mikey Garcia. You know, you put Sandor Martin in against Terence Crawford, right? That oh, I, I think though Eddie Hearn has options on him. Not too sure he might though. Um, but you could put that if I was living in in London still as a boxing fan, and Terence Crawford was fighting Sandor Martin. Terence Crawford, this huge star from the United States, pound for pound, one of the best fighters in the sport, pound for pound. Bro, I'm buying a ticket to that. You're buying a ticket to that. We're at the O2. We're at the Manchester Arena. We're watching that. 
And, yeah, I got, I, and if if he was if Michael McKinson wasn't fighting Virgil Ortiz, that would be a good fight too because he's from out there. But obviously, Michael McKinson is is tied up. Uh, I think uh, uh, Chicano's uh, pulling your chain with this one. He says, Maestro, what are your thoughts of Crawford fighting in a country that's ruled by a monarchy? Just kidding. And <laughs> starts laughing. Uh, that, I think that, that's a pull in your chain, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, he knows I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, of monarchs and monarchies. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I used to live in a country that had a monarchy. You know, um, Canada still has the same monarch. Jamaica still has the same monarch. Um you know, uh, Barbados finally got under that. I was surprised Barbados did it before Jamaica did, but that's a whole other story. Um, anyhow, uh, the fact is, you know, you live in these countries, other than having to look at the money all the time, like you don't really even think about the monarchy. But yeah, um, I don't think that's even crossing Terrence Crawford's mind. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the only thing crossing Terrence Crawford's mind is... Uh, Bigger fan base, more money, title belts. Yeah, absolutely. Bigger money, more more uh, fan base, uh, title belts. There's no no doubt about it. So, look, it's always going to be difficult, um, you know, for Terrence Crawford right now. He said it himself. You know, he may have to sign some kind of a multi-fight deal with someone. But, um, you know, he's not getting Errol Spence Jr. next. He's not getting Ugas next. And he's definitely not getting Thurman next because I don't think Thurman's going to fight him. How do you know so, he's not getting Ugas? Because Ugas is fighting Spence. I mean, after that. Oh, after that, who knows? But, you know. U- U- Ugas seems like he'll fight anybody. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, if Ugas loses to Spence, I mean, why fight Ugas? I mean, why not? Beat him worse than Spence did. Mm, I, 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 they're just gonna say that it's Spence leftovers and you know Look, leftovers. So, and you already so what, what, so what is he supposed to do? Are gonna say so what is he supposed to do? Uh, I, as we as we I said before, fight the younger guys. I think the answer is right down there. Because the, here's what you don't want to happen, Kenny. If you're Terrence Crawford, right? Maestro management is gonna you know give some managerial advice. You don't want to just wait around and wait around and become inactive. You have to get a fight, right? So you staying here in the United States to fight someone that no one cares about in some location that doesn't feel very well and it doesn't look that great and it makes you look anything less than a star is not in your advantage. Go somewhere else where it's a spectacle, where it's going to fill an arena, where it will look like you're a huge star. Um, Because in the sport of boxing, you are a star, even though you haven't always been marketed as such. Just sitting around here doesn't do you well. Um, And also fighting here against a guy people don't care about in a venue that nobody cares about, in a city somewhere that people aren't going to travel to, is not going to help matters either. You know what I mean? So go get your fight abroad, See what happens. See how things shake out between Ugas and and um, Spence, and then move on from there. That that that's what I would do. Th- that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Uh, that really doesn't sound like a bad idea because you're right. You're right. He does have to stay busy. Can't can't start getting old on them by going inactive. You know. Uh, um, but 
I do have to say, man, that I think Errol Spence is going to be back down into a corner where he's only going to have two options. And what either one of these two options opens up the welterweight division for uh, uh, Terrence Crawford. What I think is happen is going to happen with Errol Spence is this. He's, he's fighting Ugas right now, right? I haven't necessarily done my deep analysis or anything, but just off the eye test from what I've seen previously, I think that Spence is going to come off with the win to this fight, right? So, so let's I. say I'm picking so Spence as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's say Spence wins this fight, and now he has three belts. Terence Crawford has one belt. There's there's one or two things that's going to happen. Either he's going to sign the contract to fight Terence Crawford to become undisputed and he's going to grow some balls. That's going to be one. That's the, that's the highly, highly doubted one that, you know, almost nobody thinks he's going to do based off his previous actions. The second thing he could do is drop all the belts and go up to 154 because he's been talking about that for some time now. And if he drops the belts and goes up to 154, Terrence Crawford never needed uh, Errol Spence to begin with. He needs the belt and whoever wants to fight him for the belts. And if he wants to fight at 154 later in the career, I know Terrence Crawford will go up there and fight him at 154 as it is. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying? So I think the welterweight division is going to open up for Terrence Crawford anyway. Because if Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fight, I, again, I haven't done my analysis, my deep dive. But off the right off the bat, top of the head, I test. I got Ter- uh, Terrence Crawford beating Errol Spence. Yeah, I mean, I think if his team was more confident in a win, they would have already taken the fight. Um, by the way, in the same interview with Radio Raheem, Crawford actually said that he thinks Terrence Crawford wants the fight. Um, he says that the reason that the fight hasn't happened, sorry, he said that Errol Spence Jr. wants the fight. He said that he doesn't blame Errol Spence Jr. for the reason the fight does, hasn't happened. He blames the uh, the business people around him, um, which I thought was very interesting and, and honest um, because he didn't have to say that, but he made a point of saying it. And by the way, if you don't think that Terrence Crawford is promotable or is engaging or is articulate, uh, he's all of those things and then some. Just look at this interview with Radio Raheem. When you give him a platform to speak, he's somebody that you actually want to listen to. You know, he's got charisma. He's got humor. You know, he's got great insights. Um, I just think he hasn't really been promoted that that well. You know what I mean? Um, he also seems to kind of be, I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but maybe there's a little bit of a freedom aspect to it. You know, he's feeling, you know, the freedom. He's feeling... You know, like like he's now in control of his career, and that that kind of came across to me. I might be reading too much into it there, but that definitely came across to me. But look, that's what I think, guys. Um, don't wait around. Don't wait for some offer from the PBC by, that may or may not come. Um, don't take on some lesser level opponent here in the U.S. You know, in in a half empty arena or small venue. Um, just go to the U.K fight someone there, make it a spectacle, and let's go. All right, speaking of potential spectacles, um, big fight is actually taking place this Saturday, Kenny. Also on Sky, courtesy of Boxer. Again, the the, the, the premature assertions of, of Sky's death in boxing have 
shown just to be that very premature because they're back again this Saturday. All right. It's going to be Josh Taylor. Okay. Josh Taylor taking on his opponent, Catterall. All right. In a 140 pound fight for all of the belts. Taylor Catterall. I'm actually very much looking forward to this. Um, Believe it or not, Catterall actually had earned the shot a while ago, but stepped aside as the WBO mandatory to allow the Ramirez-Taylor unification fight. So Catterall was patient. Catterall did what was best for the sport and what was best for the fans. So I got to give it up to Catterall for that. Uh, And salute to Catterall for doing that and for waiting. And now he's got his shot. It's this Saturday. I think Josh Taylor's gonna 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 win. I just think uh everything from his southpaw style to his power, uh to his footwork, um, to his punch selection, he is just an elite level boxer. And for him to do what he's done in under 20 fights to me is remarkable. Um when you look at his career, and I think he's got like 17 fights right now. I'll bring up the tail of the tape or 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 his record in a moment, but off the top of my head. He's got like 17 fights, um, potentially 18, actually. Uh, he's just that good. And I I think Catterall is actually a very good fighter, really good fighter, actually. I just don't think that he's got enough for Josh Taylor. And, you know, I, I'm predicting Josh Taylor uh, to win this fight, as I'm sure everyone here can tell. But uh, I do think that Catterall is going to put up a, a good you know, competitive fight for him. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be a good fight, but I favor, I favor Taylor, who's 18 and 0, 13 KO. So it's off by one. And uh, Jack Catterall's 26 and 0. So he's got the more, more experience at, at the professional ranks. But Taylor was also a very high level amateur, too, before he entered the paid ranks um, and was even fighting with the Team GB program. So, Look, I got Taylor over Catterall, but I think Catterall's gonna 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 do pretty well in, in this fight, at least for a while. Go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, man. Look, I can't disagree with you. I haven't exactly uh, done my deep dive on this, uh, but I'm definitely gonna have to agree with you. Just right off the surface, uh, looking at physique and bodies, uh, um, Jack Jack Catterall shorter. He's five seven. And Taylor's five ten. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm tra- right now. I was really focused trying to find the reach for Catterall, but I don't find it. Not on Box Rec. Not on my other couple of sites. Not on Google. So I, I don't really know what his reach is like. But still, I think that the more, uh, um, well, not the more experienced. I found the more the, the more experienced in high caliber fights. Uh, uh, Kenny. What was that? Sixty seven inches. 167 inches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to have a hard time getting on the inside. Uh, he's definitely going to have a hard time with the experience and the power of Taylor. Uh, I'm right right off the bat right now, I'm going to say that I got Taylor winning uh, by UD, if not knockout uh, in the early, late rounds, if you understand what I mean by that, six to nine, round six to nine. Uh, but I do got to do a deeper dive. And I will speak much, much, much deeper about this on No Cap Boxing on Wednesday. Um, 
But yeah, I got I got I got Taylor winning this, you know, and and Cattero was a smart man for stepping aside before and allowing them to unify. Yo, why do it in two fights if you could do it in one, right? Why why fight both Ramirez and Taylor if you could let them take it out on each other and you just got to get into one hard fight? You know, the guy that that was a smart move by the man. By the way, I have to give it to Sky Sports because yo their little uh uh their little face, promotional the off. you saw the yeah face yeah off. yeah the, the little promotional thing they do with this i, I don't know the uh the gloves are off uh, the that, gloves are off yeah bro it, it's on point they need to start doing stuff like this in the u.s bro yeah it's it's they definitely have done it they used to do it on hbo i uh, remember i'm sure you remember max kellerman used to do it and sky actually if memory serves me well Okay, guys, in the UK, you can you can correct me on this, but if memory serves me well, uh, HBO did it first, and then Sky copied it, and then no one has done it since really here in the US. But I was always a fan of these of these face offs. I remember uh, one of the ones that that got me laughing was uh, Derek Chisora facing off with Dill- Dillian White when. Uh, Chisora was called a donkey by um, by Dillian White. He's like, "I'm the donkey." Yeah, she's like, "Yeah, you're the donkey." And it was it was it was a funny one. But yeah, they're the, usually really good. And the Amir Khan the intensity was really good too. Yeah, the intensity that, that they have, the the little face off moments, the the little uh, the little like instrumental things that they drop in the background. They look yeah, as they stare at each other down, and they do the camera angles, bro. They don't. Yeah, that's, like that, that's on point. At the end, it was you could cut the tension with a knife when um Kelbrook refused to shake his hand. He's like, Yo, you've never respected me my whole career. Now you want me to shake your hand? He's like, I'll shake your hand after the fight. Yeah, I'm a fan, I'm a big fan of those. Big fan is of it, those. Is there anything on the undercard uh that's uh worth uh mentioning this weekend? Uh I'm sure there is. I mean, I can look it up. Yeah, um, I'm going over there right now. Us Taylor, Jake Catterall, undercard. I haven't even really looked into that, to be honest with you. Um, my my guess is it's probably a bunch of domestic level fights. A definitely yeah. not a world championship. Yeah, I would have heard that if 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 there was a world championship. But, but I, yo, I Chris know. Colbert fights this weekend versus Hector Luis Garcia. Yeah, that 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 should be an interesting fight. That one's on Showtime, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Showtime and an eliminator. Doing your lightweight eliminator. So yeah, so that's be good. Uh, what do we got here? We got Regandal oh, also fights. I, I forget Regandal's fighting in in the Middle East. That's not on this card. We've got no, no, different card. Yeah, Robesi Ramirez is fighting in the co-feature, the Cuban yeah. Olympic gold medalist against Eric Donovan. Um, that's the co-feature for the Taylor Catterall fight. So that should be pretty interesting. Getting to see Robesi uh, Ramirez again. Um, who's bounced back since taking the L in his debut fight. Uh, but before we break out of here, Kenny, I want your opinion on another fight that took place this past weekend. And uh, and, and I have one for you, too. I got one for you, too. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, the one I wanted to discuss with you was the Jaime Munguia fight and, like, what's next for Jaime Munguia? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, look, man, Jaime Munguia. Personally. What was that? I was not impressed. Mostly because of the level of opposition. I was impressed. Let me tell you why. I was impressed because uh, Jaime Munguia is starting to look like a full package fighter. 
Yes, it was against low opposition. I get that. But look, before you test your full package of abilities against full-level opposition, you got to test it against low-level opposition. And I told you, I, I think Jaime Mungi has been developing and building for a long time. And for all the fights that he has that he has had, I, I, I have said this before, that I feel that he should be wor- way further ahead in his skill level and his abilities. Now is that he's actually looking like he should have been looking when he was around 20 fights. He's looking more like a complete fighter. And I think hopefully with his next fight versus uh, they say Golden Boy and Oscar are looking to set up a fight with Johnny Beck, I, 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 that's a more of a challenge and he'll get to test his full package of abilities in that next fight. Like he was using a lot more head movement, a lot more lateral movement. It wasn't just letting punches out machine gun speed from random angles, hoping that they land. Like it was, there was a little more in the thought process of Mungia in this last fight. So I was impressed by that. Yes, it was low level opposition. Uh, and I was hoping to see Ballard land a couple shots. Ballard looked strong in there. And I, I want to see Mungia's chin tested. You know what I'm saying? You, like, in order for me to say a dude is great, I have to see him tested in every aspect. I've seen Mungia hit, get hit. Yes, flushed by, but by smaller guys. You know, uh, Ballard was coming down from a high weight class. So I wanted to see what that would do. But we ain't seen none of that. Ballard got dominated. And Mungia looked good doing it. And oh. I... We'll see if he continues in his next uh, fight. But, yeah, supposedly Golden Boy setting up that Johnny Beck. All right, so a couple of things. So, yes, Ballard had fought at 168, but his last four or five fights were at 160. So he has been campaigning at 160. And he was probably campaigning at 168 as an undersized super middleweight. Uh, so that's number one. Um, but what I want to say about Mungia is that this is his fifth fight or was his fifth fight as a middleweight. And he has not improved in terms of his level of opposition. I get what you're saying about becoming a more complete fighter, but he's kind of becoming a more complete looking fighter fighting against guys that are not as good as the guys that he used to fight against. Um, I agree. Cause he got tested. Everybody, everybody knows he lost against Hogan. This is a step. This is a step down. Uh, Gabriel Rosado's a better fighter than this dude. Uh, Camille Zerometa's a better fighter than this dude. Toriano Johnson, I would argue, is a better fighter than this dude. K- Gary O'Sullivan might be a better fighter than this Damn. dude. And like you said, well, what is that? What has Ballard done? He didn't beat anybody. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not standing. I'm, hey, I'm just naming this, the people that he's fought at middleweight. This and guy then, right here is not standing up for Ballard. And then, and then before, and then before that, I thought he lost against Dennis Hogan. So. Yeah, I would understand what you were saying, but this is a former world champion on paper. This is not a novice fighter or a prospect. You know, this is a guy who's holding a mandatory spot at at middleweight, who used to be a world champion at 154. Uh, I'm sorry, like when you when your level of opposition goes this way, it's hard for me to be impressed with your results, even if you are looking better under under Eric Morales. And I think he is looking better under Eric Morales. So my you question is, is, go ahead, Kenny. You, you know what it is, bro, is that that Mungia, we everybody, including himself and the general public, knows that he took that he took a loss. They just didn't get credited to that as a loss. He got a W instead. He knows that. But instead of doing a Ryan Garcia, instead of doing a Ryan Garcia and taking time off of the sport for his mind. 
he started looking at other things and trying to level up his abilities and his skills by using different coaches and trainers and going to another weight class. Yes. With guys who punch harder, which he would have more fear of getting hit by harder punchers and trying to learn on the job. You know, when uh, Jaime Munguia became a champion before, you know, wasn't really a champion, right? Like, yeah, it was a legitimate belt, right? But still, it's like, we know what a champion is, what a champion looks like. You know what I'm saying? And we knew that Jaime Munguia was extremely, in the words of, you know, ESPN's favorite guy, Andre Ward, very beatable. Very, very beatable. Uh, uh, um, So let me ask you this about very beatable. Was Caleb Plant very beatable? When? Like before, when you, before Canelo. He looked very beatable by certain opposition. Why did Andre Ward call Caleb Plant very beatable? Andre Ward's very selective in terms of oh, who for sure. that term for with. Sure. For very sure. selective. For sure, for sure. But back back, back to the, the, the Munguia thing, I just think uh, um, the guy is developing. And hopefully in his next fight, we see him fight somebody big. And like a big name, a very talented fighter, and and not go back down in that position, like you said. We don't want to see a, a you know another Tank Davis situation, selling us bullshit fights and trying to you know call them pay per views. Just that they're not putting them on pay per views. Yeah, I mean that's pay-per-views. the main difference. At least they're not on pay per view. You know what yeah. I mean? At yeah, but they're, they're still trying to sell us Mungia as a big star, a huge star. And well, then, I mean, he is kind of a star. I mean, he he sold over 15,000 tickets in that bowling <laughs> in Mexico. Like, that's something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he de- definitely is, like, a star. Like, it, I mean, and look at look at his record. Dude, dude has almost 40 fights. What is he still in learning and progress fights for? I mean, I, I wouldn't don't know. That's I what I've been saying. I would get it if he was like a world champion fighting four times a year and he's you're giving him a one or maybe two of these fights. But I mean this is ridiculous. I he, mean he, listen he was going to not Canelo before, he wasn't ready. Listen to these names again. Okay. Since the Hogan fight. Patrick Alote, Gary O'Sullivan, Toriano Johnson, Camille Zarameda, Gabe Rosado, and Demetrius Ballard. I would argue that the last four fights have been on a decline. It's been getting worse, <laughs> the opposition. So where do I think he should go? Well, you know. You don't think, you don't think Johnny Beck is a good fight for him? I think Johnny Beck, look, as a fan, you know, he's he's mandated right now, I believe, for uh, for uh, Charlo's title and for, um, a, to, to, for a vacant title now that Boo Boo's moved up from 160. So Jermall Charlo. Or Janny uh, Beck. I'd like to see him test himself against Charlo, though. I mean, at the end of the day, could he do any worse than Montiel? I think he's going to do better than Montiel did. I don't know about that. I, 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 I'd love... I would well, love to see Charlo Munguia. I think that's a relief of life. Why do people discredit Montiel so much? Yo, pe- I think... I, no, no, listen to what I'm saying. I'm, saying. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. People in general discredit Montiel so bad. Like, people want to discredit Charlos and hate on him so bad that they discredit Montiel so bad to try to discredit the fight that happened between Montiel and Charlo to just further discredit Charlo and his credibility, his fighting abilities. Like, look, man. 
Stop it. Montiel is not that like people are trying to say like Montiel was doodle. Stop it. Let's stop it. Let's all stop it. I would like to see a Mungia Charlo. I'm not saying I would not. I would. I would like to see a Mungia Johnny back too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I would have liked to see a Mungia Montiel instead of uh, Ballard. No, here here's the thing, and I'm not a guy that's going to that's going to to discredit Montiel, right? But the fact is, Jaime Munguia knocked out Montiel in 2017. Uh, Montiel went into that oh, fight. Yeah, Montiel went into that fight. I with, didn't even know that. Yeah, Mon- Montiel went into that fight with Jarlo with four losses on his record, right? Uh, including that KO loss to Jaime Munguia. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like. So you, now nah, you're right, right? You're right. I'd like to. I'd like to see Jaime Munguia Charlo. Like that's a that's a that's a good fight. They both have fan bases. They both got names. You know, Janet Beck is like he's he's a good fighter, solid amateur record. You know, technical fighter. You know, um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's exciting. You know, should they go that way? Who am I to tell them which way they should go? But if if they can get uh, well, the other thing too is I got to bring in the maestro management to look at the business side of this as well and crunch the numbers because if he's in a mandatory position, right? Uh, and they do an they do a eighty twenty on him like they did for t- for Tyson Fury uh, versus um, Dillian White. May- maybe he won't want that twenty, so maybe he does want to go the WBO route and get a title and then try to go to a unification. I just don't think he's even going to get a Charlo fight if he is a champion. Because guess what? Boo-Boo had that title. Boo-Boo didn't get, the sh- didn't get a unification fight. Your best chance of getting Charlo in the ring is to force it through a purse bid. I don't see any other way to get Charlo in the ring. But why, 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 would, why, why would Charlo not fight Munguia? One second, though. Maestro's always spitting facts. Ted Tango, you right. You right. Appreciate but, that, but, and, and but, then go too. But yeah, why? Why would Charlo not want to fight Mungia? No, no, um, I'm not saying that Charlo wouldn't want to fight him. I'm saying that Mungia may not want to take the 20 end of the 80 20 split, like White. If if that's the mandatory, if they try to do a mandatory split on him, like they did with with Fury versus White, not AJ nah, White. Fury but but White. it's up to 45, though. I, I hope that Munguia would demand more than of that 45 oh, yeah. than White. Yeah, look, for the WBC, though, if they gave Munguia 45% and they gave, why? And they gave White 20 <laughs> why, why, why would that be insane? Look, man, well, this is the way I see it. This is the way I see it. Versus, you're right. This is the way I see it. Look, this is the way I see it, right? Tyson Fury, Dillian White, right? In terms of popularity, skill, everything, right? Purses too, 30, mil, 30 yeah. million reported to 300,000 reported. Jaime Munguia, Jermel Charlo. In terms of popularity, Probably in, in, terms terms of, in, in terms of what we've seen, I mean, we see, yeah, in terms of level of opposition, they both be cherry picking their asses off. Less so uh, on arrest records, though. You got to adjust it for the arrest. Say what? Say what? For arrest records. Oh, oh, so does that bring the popularity up or down? It brings the notoriety <laughs> up a little bit. Any, any, but, news, any news is good news in PR, right? Uh, this is true. I hear you. I hear you. You know, so 
it, when you think about popularity levels and being able to sell the fight and stuff on, on an equal level, Jermel Charlo, Jermel, excuse me, Jermel Charlo Munguia are on this level, Tyson Fury and uh, Dillian White are on this level. So it, it, it makes it would make 100% sense to give uh, Munguia a larger pie of that 40 up to 45% that they they be talking about over at the WBC. By the way, did Dillian White sign the contract today? Was I don't know. So I, I read earlier. The I read earlier it, it was supposed to happen today by like 12 or something. Yeah. First I heard the deadline was the 19th, which was uh, Saturday. And I didn't hear anything from it then. So then I heard then I heard the, the the deadline was today. So I don't know. But just to wrap up the Mungia thing, personally, I'd love to see Mungia Charlo. If Mungia Janibek takes place, okay, that that's a good fight. I definitely will not feel like I'm getting ripped off with my DAZN subscription. Um, if 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 I get that fight, but has Dillian White signed? Signed to two hours ago. I read no, he did not. No, he didn't. The hell is he waiting for? And the deadline is 12 midnight, I think, Pacific time. Well, Toby, Toby Pugil, sorry, Tony Pugilist, boy, my brother, not there in the UK. Um, you know, showing the guys on the undefeated. I got my DHL package this week. I'll be heading out your way soon, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what is 6 a.m. UK over here in New York? 6 a.m. You got to subtract five, so that's one, 1 a.m. our time. 1 a.m. our time. So, by he has up to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. I hope he's not a fool, man. I, yo, he would lose so much respect from everybody, it would be so stupid. But speaking of heavyweights, you go while we it. wait to see what Dillian White is gonna do, the heavyweight game. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh? I actually, you know, if, if all right, let me just announce it. I was about yeah. to give my point of view before even announcing what I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Your boy, Derek Del Boy Chisora, called what out. You're talking about called out. The bronze bottom. Your boy, everybody's favorite puncher. Now let me stop talking shit. You already know the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. Uh, he called them out, and yo. I remember last time we spoke about Del Boy, I was like, nah, man, I think he should retire because he's getting hit too much. He does get hit way, 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 way too much. But, you know, I'm a boxing fan and analyst. I'm not a dude's personal advisor. You know what I'm saying? I'm not his family member. If he if he feels healthy enough to go in the ring and fight, then let him do it, whatever. You know, I, I thought he took a lot of hits last fight, but that would be a hell of an exciting fight versus Deontay Wilder, you know? And it would be a great comeback fight against a skilled fighter for Deontay Wilder. And it would sell. It all makes sense. People will talk about, oh, well, if Deontay Wilder comes back, who should Deontay Wilder fight? He has nobody to fight anymore. He's not that skilled. Everybody knows he's his only thing he has is a punch now. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. So my, my, thing, my, my thing is, this fight makes sense. He was like, yo, we could do it over in California, in the UK, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes sense. No? I agree. I think it's a good fight. I definitely watch it. Um, I mean, I would understand what people are saying if, like, Derek Chisora was, like, slurring his words and constantly stuttering or, 
you know, engaging in, in like way out there, wild and crazy behavior, like running through London with his pants off or something. I don't know, but they're acting like, like he's punch drunk. I mean, honestly, he comes across to me as one of the most lucid, articulate, and engaging and funny guys in, in, in the entire sport. Um, you know, Wilder White at the O2, Wilder White at the MEN Arena or Manchester Arena, that's box office, dog. That's a big fight. And not only that, I actually think it's a very winnable fight for Derek Chisora, and I'll tell you why. Wilder has a lot of trouble fighting on the back foot, going backwards. What does Derek Chisora do? I Come mean, forward aggressively and throw chin, big, big over-the-top punches. Yeah, he tucks his chin as he jabs, right, and, and throw and throws behind like like uh, uh, an attack, right. He's gonna do everything he can to get Wilder up against the ropes, and not only that. He's actually a much bigger man than Deontay Wilder. Obviously not height-wise, but physically. Um, Deontay Wilder still's got those skinny legs. He's built up the torso. At least he did before the third fight, the trilogy fight with Fury. But this is a guy who's weighed as low as like 100 and like what, or 213 pounds or whatnot. Derek Chisora's a big man. Like he's 250 plus at times. Definitely over 240. You know, and guess what Derek Chisora is also able to do? Dude has cardio, bro, for a big man like that. He gets tired, but then if you notice, he always has a second win and a third win. And he finishes fighting. And he has experience, ex a large amount of experience against world-class fighters on his side. You saw what we saw when he fought Tony Parker last fight. Every single time he got hurt, he was like, okay, all right, all right, time to get my chin back time to get my legs back he he park himself up in the corner he'd be like all right come on come on bring, bring, bring it forward bring it and what happened every time that so uh, uh 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 um parker would see him in the corner like that he would try to go in and get him the first couple times he tried to go in and get him and what happened what happened your boy dub boy would catch him with one nice counter punch in between all the hit punches that he began and thinking. that would shock parker enough to make him move back the entire time he was doing that, he was thinking. You could see him. It's mm -hmm. not like we've seen Park, uh, sorry, uh, Derek Chisora like go, go out there like a space cadet in you the middle Wilder, of the Wilder. Huh? You mean Wilder? No, no, no. Derek Chisora. Like, I haven't seen him have like his brain scrambled or like oh. standing stoppage. He doesn't know where he is. The doctors are there asking him, where are you? What's your name? You know, uh, how many fingers do I have up? And he's, like, being unable to answer it. He's been in tough fights. But, to, honestly, he's got a, a, an anatomy that's, like, let's just call it what it is. He's definitely more rugged than a lot of other people. So it's like a, it's like a buffalo, bro. It's you like know? And, and if you are going to take on Deontay Wilder, wouldn't you do it now? It's the, be it's the best time to do it. The guy's out there talking about doing psychedelics to, to, to understand whether he's going to come back or not. People that are worried about uh, about Chisora's house should be equally worried about Deontay Wilder's. Uh, I mean, the dude's coming across is delusional to me. Yeah, and I look, man. Totally I, I, delusional. 
I have to say, look, Reese Max says, sorry, Maestro, I respectfully disagree. Wilder will catch Chisora and fight be over within five, six rounds. I don't think Maestro's saying that he thinks Chisora will win this fight. I think Maestro's saying that this will be a hell of a fight with chances for anybody to win. De- Deontay Wilder could 100% win this fight. Guess what? Chisora gets hit a hell of a lot. He gets hit a hell of a lot. Chisora is there to be hit, but as he's getting hit, he also gets hit back. Nobody knows oh, what Deontay hit though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but 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 he's 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 a little longer. So I I definitely see what I definitely see what the audience is saying. He's a little longer, and he all he needs to do is really land the, the the right hand from a distance. And if Chisora can eat that right hand and continue coming forward, which we have seen very few men do, but if he can do that, or if he can catch Deontay Wilder before Deontay Wilder could catch him, then the then then the, the the tale has changed. The story has changed. The chances for the outcome of this fight are up in the air. Nobody's saying they think Chisora win or that they'll think Wilder win. Is that the chances are up in the air just because of how we've seen uh, Wilder lose and the what, what he's weak against the abilities that Chisora does possess and vice versa. It could be very terrible for Chisora because of the abilities that they both possess. So you know, I would I, I, I would entertain that fight. But I, I would entertain. Let's bring on Osborne. My main thing is he's not getting a title shot anytime soon. Chisora, that is. This is like the next best thing. If you are going to continue, if he's not going to continue, then you know just retire. But if not Wilder, then who? Osborne, what's good, fam? How's it going? What's good, brothers? Joining from England, man. Yeah, Love, bro. Kenny T, what's going on? Cool and cool. Thank you for being up late with us, sir. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, personally, I, I agree with you guys. Like the Chisora Wilder fight would be very entertaining. It would like on a different level be ridiculously entertaining. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you where do where do you live? Uh, Sheffield. Sheffield. Kel Brook, bro. Kel Brook. I got, I, got <laughs> I got something for you. Not going to play too much of it. Not going to play too much, but got to get a little bit of the, the Kel Brook in, in here. Oh, shit, this thing's taking forever to load. I'll, I'll try to put, put, bring it up again. I, I'm a champion, baby. <laughs> I got a little bit of that. that. The intro was something special, man. Yeah, it was, man. The dude on the piano, bro. I really like so you're up in Yorkshire, man. I know Yorkshire, Leeds, Bradford, Sheffield, the yeah. city, right? Still so, seeing, bro. Yeah, yeah so honestly. you can see that at Manchester Arena, right? You can see that at, 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 at the O2. They would, honestly, they would obviously do it in London because you've got, if you're going to do it anyway, you're going to do it in London. Like, there is uh Yo, Tony, what up, brother? Tony's here too, my brother Tony. How you doing, guys? Yeah, bro. So would you boycott this fight, Tony, or would you go to this fight? Uh, Wilder versus Chisora? Yeah, live at the O2. You buying it's tickets? An, it's an exciting fight. Let's not let's not uh, fool ourselves. These are two guys who are in a similar position in that they're not at the at their the crest of their uh, their their um careers. Um, it's an exciting fight because they're both bring bring great energy to the fight uh, but like the Kelbrook versus Khan you know you have to sell a package with this kind of fight um, we just got burnt this weekend we really got burnt because everyone was talking about this this fight but really and truly this fight did not 
to me, stand up on its own. It needed a, a, a backbone of decent other fights to, to accompany it. And we didn't really get much in the way of those fights. I mean, the one fight we thought might be decent might be Jonas against Numas. That, didn't, that turned out to be a blowout. So the rest of the card actually was quite uninteresting. I think if you saw Admin Amin earlier on, you, you oh. saw a good fighter there. But other than that, that was a very poor card. So, you, so Osborne, were you were you not impressed? Were you not entertained by Big Phrase? <laughs> big up, Big Phrase. Nah, big big up. Up, yeah, big up, Big Phrase. The only, the only, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, come on, no. Just, just like, just one second, yeah. The opponent that he originally had was a decent opponent, and then the late the, the guy pulled out. So obviously they had to get someone else in, and that's where it all went a bit west. So they went down to the to the bus shelter. Like I'm not. Yeah, yeah. They went to the pizza shop. They went to Mega Bus and said, "Yo, you don't need to pay a pound anymore. We'll give yeah. you some money." Yeah. I mean, you got you got to you got to understand the journeyman um, circuit in the UK. There's you know it'd be like going to Mexico and and saying. Just find me somebody who's got some kind of breath going on. You know, you can find pro fighters with a, with a 20 and a, a 20 fight um, record and they've won one fight and they've lost 19. A dime a dozen. Why did they find this guy? Because I'm not joking. Listen, this guy is a white collar fighter. He's a white collar fighter. He has no pedigree. Fraser Clark is a is a is an Olympian. But yeah? who else is he gonna get, find on three days' notice? He Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I would have just not have him fight. I mean, you're bringing in the, the man. Look like, I mean, it's supposed to be an athletic competition. I mean, his belly was hanging over his waistband. That's not unusual. Yo, yo, maestro, 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 from the bar. Maestro, they digged up that big phrase was making his debut on this card. They had to find someone. I mean, they, they got him coming to Tupac like, he, like he's going to do something special. <laughs> like, he was ridiculous. I don't, Tupac's estate has got to start being more more selective with how they allow people to use the brother's music. Is that For real. Tupac wouldn't have co-signed that. Are you kidding me? For real. You know, no, that was... That was the that was the worst case of matchmaking I have ever seen, and I'm 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 very heavily invested in looking at matchmaking because I know the promoters, I know your Mickey Helliots, I know your Steve Goodwins, you know I know the guys who you don't see on the big TV shows, your Dean Whites, you know they're doing great stuff on the un, on the you know in small hall boxing in the United Kingdom. There are small hall boxing fights literally every day up and down this country. So you telling me you're a big promoter and you can't find one single heavyweight to come in on a three-day notice. That's BS, bro. But they had to find someone he could be. They couldn't find someone no, who'd be no, too listen, competitive. Listen, they wanted to find that someone. That is why you have the right journeyman there. circuit. The journeyman circuit. Listen, I'm guaranteeing you now, you could have rang Steve Goodwin, you could have rang Mickey Helliot, you could have rang Dean White, you could have rang a whole host of fight, uh, 
fight promoters and said, I need a last minute opponent, they would have found you someone. They'd have oh. found you somebody from Latvia, Estonia, Slovenia, some guy who's who's banging on a on a on a bag in a gym somewhere with a pro record. Okay, so but would would, would Frazier would still have beat him in the first round? Potentially. But that's the, what they needed. They wanted the guarantee that whoever yeah, they you, bring in the is thing going is, to get beat in the they first round. In. This so, kid they brought in is a white collar fighter. He's not got Kenny, anything. What did you think seeing this, Kenny? Big phrase. No, I wasn't even going to give my opinion. I have a question for these gentlemen, okay. right? Uh, uh, does that decline the, the uh, uh, your viewership for Sky? Uh, uh, like the fights, the, you know, the fight sold out immediately, right? Was it? Yeah, like yeah. The same day. So that's right. Does that make you not as interested in like? Future undercards as such, or future events, or, or is it, it doesn't matter. It's still no, be the same. absolutely, it does give me a worrying um, trend because you look um, the previous uh, fight card with Liam Williams against um, you, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Again, a very poor undercard. You know, you're yeah. about to see, um, you're about to see Matchroom's first fight card for the year. This coming weekend with Lawrence O'Coley. Look at that. Be good. Look at that undercard. His opponent's good. Yeah. Look at the undercard, though. I thought they did Matchroom's undercard Jacobs versus um, a Ryder. Ryder. I thought that was the first one. I think he he means world title. World title. Oh, world title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually forgot that one. You know what? You've identified something that I haven't thought of when I brought in this whole thing about Sky kind of rebounding in boxing. Only for main events. Their undercards have absolutely been trash. But, yo, you've got to realize that these guys are new. So, obviously, the main event is what they're trying to build up. The rest doesn't matter because everybody... Like, I know people who are not interested in boxing who are messaging me saying, oh, who have you got for this fight, for the main event? And they paid whatever they, you know, they paid the 20 20 pounds to watch the main event, and that's all they watched. Well, the YouTube model's working, I guess, the YouTuber model, because that's what people were saying all along with the YouTuber fights. The, uh, yeah. that this new new casual fan is only interested in the main event. They don't really yeah. care what's happening before that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, you know. It depends how much you're getting charged for the pay-per-view, right? Uh, if, I'm, if, if I'm getting charged $75, you know, I want to see... That's yeah, a it, that's a different it, level, though, isn't it? it? Exactly. If that's what. If I'm gonna pay seventy five dollars, I want to see Canelo as the main event and Tyson Fury as the co main event feature. You know what I mean? Well, like, you, I, you, I don't want to pay just, that much money. You guys just had Keith Thurman, Mario Barrios, Mario Barrios, so Ladies and gentlemen, or sorry, we not, didn't buy that. We didn't buy that. Here, old men. Anyways, I'm not a gentleman. Never have been. Never will. But. We got some big news. It's been confirmed by three people in the chat. Dillian White has signed. He was always going to sign. He, he is signed. So I didn't he think there was any way from nice to sign. But Tony, well, why did why did the Brethren take so long to sign this contract? Well, you you you've alluded to this many a time yourself. You know, you had this on the HCP roundtable. I think base the kid really nailed that because basically. You presented the guy with uh, a contract. You said you were going to pay him 20%, which 
when he looks at the rules of the WBC, he's like, hang on a second, I'm the interim champion, have been for the last 1,200 days, I should be entitled to up to 45%, why are you lowballing me with 20%? Then, you take it even a step further. The WBC then calls upon itself and decides, you know what, we're taking 10% and we're giving that to the winner, so therefore... Dillian White, your actual pay is only 15%. Did you realize that? So if he loses, he takes home 15%. Now, that's $4 million. It's good money. $4 million to be scoffed at. But let's be honest. He could have made that by in Otto Wallin. Yeah. Really? No, I, I actually really? I'm, not, I'm not, not sure not. about that. Yo, uh, Kennedy, let me just let me just quickly jump in before you give up. To me, of recent years, you've got to say in the UK, why is bigger than Fury, and you can't deny that that's facts because Fury hasn't fought in the UK for however many years. This is true, but at the end of the day, Top Rank is on the hook for probably at least fifty percent of that purse bid. So. They're selling this fight in the UK, sorry, in the US to us as well. Yeah. Uh, Dillian, I mean, let's be honest. It's not even like it's not even on the radar out here, unfortunately. Yeah, but let and, and let's be honest. This is a dodgy deal. This deal is not forty-one million dollars. Yeah. Because you can be guaranteed Tyson Fury is at the, I believe, very very far into his deal with top rank. So he's not getting that 80% figure that he's he, he's supposed to be getting. Because on a, on, on an 80-20 split, he's getting 25 million plus. He's not getting that. Never. He's Definitely not, not getting that. He's on Top a guarantee, but he's not getting that 80%. So this is where this... When you're A-side and you control the narrative of how much the purse split can be, then you can do this shit. So did he make a big mistake by not negotiating uh, for a big guarantee and a big percentage of the... He tried that. That's why he was going down the arbitration route. Do you think he messed up by going down the arbitration route? You no, think he because should, he should have just asked he, nicely? He got more than that was originally offered. But not Let's not forget, the, not original, the original yeah. offer before he started his noise was $3 million. $3 million. Was it $3 million but, or $5 million? But what was the original, purse, what was the original purse bid? 20%. No, before, before purse bid started, he was offered £3 million to, do, to take this fight. And he went like, nope, we're right. going to purse bid. After that, and this is just what was reported, I mean, and just this is just Bob Arum's. You can take it for whatever you, you take that as. But Bob Arum said they had offered him up to 30%. You That's know? Cool. 30% is legitimate. It was, 20, it was 25 or 30%. It was one of the two. And that would have Do been... you really believe Bob Arum? Do you no. really believe Bob Arum? No. But he but he is a promoter and he is the guy that handles the business for this company. So you yeah, got to take what honest, he says as history. Actual. Let's look, who's been done for fraud in the court of law? Who has been done for um, tampering with authorities and and regulations in the sport of boxing. Bob Arum. Yeah, this guy, I couldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. 
Hey, look, man, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't necessarily like or trust by Barryman the things they says, but you know, if, if, if some guys, if I run a business, I tell you my business is doing this way, and my word is the only word that you have to hear, then you, you have to take what I'm telling you with some type of, you know, that there's a little bit of truth to it, even if my yeah. entire statement is not true, you know. So, uh, yeah, listen, what, they, mean, they probably offered him more. I would say they. I, I'm, I'm not going to throw a number on it and say 25, 30 or anything. I don't like that. believe they offered him more because there's no the way that they offer him more, and they then they then have to go and bid that big amount to win, to secure the purse bridge. So I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't believe Dillian White walks away from 30%. Well now that it now that it's signed. I, I, what, what is it 30% of what? Because don't forget, that's the other thing you have to work out. What is 30% of what? No uh, idea. No 30% idea. of probably the gate in the pay-per-view would be my guess, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's when I think about the revenue of a fight, I mean it's two, it's two things. It's the gate, the ticket sales being one. And yep. the pay-per-view buys being the other. And then, obviously, there's, like, sponsorship and who gets their logo on the ring and that kind of stuff. For less so let's, let's, and, then let's, there's, and there's international TV, right? So a lot of yeah. that goes into the pot. So uh, let's be honest on this one, guys. Do yeah. you believe they make money on this fight? Because you know what that requires. Definitely. That requires at least 900,000 buys. Uh, they, def- they, they are definitely going to make money on this fight. Um, you think so? Definitely, Tyson Fury has a big a, a big following over here in the U.S. He should have somewhat of a following but over Dillian there. Dillian White has De- none. Dillian, Dillian White doesn't have does, he doesn't have a big following over here. But people right. know who people know exactly who he is, though. In people the United know, States, pe- the people who the people who watch Tyson Fury fight were watching Tyson Fury fight because of Deontay Wilder. Nah, and that 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 is definitely not the case over here in the U.S. That that is definitely not the case over here. At the end of the but, day, Fury needed Wilder, but Wilder needed Fury at least as much because his fights he he became box office with Fury. He wasn't that before Fury. But can he go? Remove all the uh, speculation, all the potentially false details on these contracts, and keep everything that we know. Right, those being that. Dillian White went to court. He took the WBC to court, that being one. Two, he kept them from signing a contract for this long, forced them to go up to purse bid, all this other stuff that would happen because of Dillian White, right? The the factual things that we do know, because the contract, we don't know that, whatever, right? So do you think that Dillian White has potentially shot himself in one foot, if not both feet, for his future of boxing? Because who's going to want to work with Dillian White uh, as a bit contra- contractually Ed, Ed, with, with Eddie the Hearn will. he's pulled? Eddie Hearn will, because Eddie Hearn has backed him the whole way. And let's be honest, who would you rather be working with, Bob Arum or Eddie Hearn? Oh, Eddie Hearn knows me, exactly you, what's you, going on. You heard me before, always Eddie Hearn, man. Always I don't like Eddie Bob Arum. I don't like Bob Arum, bro. So, so uh, we'll just do a quick poll here real quick. Hands up if you think Dillian White is winning this fight. Damn. <laughs> it took a <laughs> So you both you ah, you come see, come yeah, he, he, he didn't put it up. That's yes, a, that's baby, a, that's you know, a, yeah, that's a, it. that's oh, a, I can see a way, but let's be honest. The, the better boxer is easily um, Tyson Fury. 
he's easily the better boxer. So uh, no, the body snatcher is the body snatcher is coming to break snatch it. that title out of his hands. Okay, how? How? I love the excitement though, man. Yeah, no, bro, you're making me hype, bro. Snatch that title out of his hands because he's been waiting for so long. Wilder took the piss, yeah. Fury has been calling him a coward, blah, blah, blah. He's coming to snap. The silence tells you everything you need to know. He's focused. He knows what he needs to do. Yeah. He is coming to win that title. He's fucking hot. I mean, that, you know, listen, I've been talking, saying this for a long time. Tyson Fury is an absolute mental health disaster. He clowns because his brain requires him to clown. You know, he's been saying all the wrong things to all the wrong people. You know, he he hypes up fights before they're even signed. I mean, let's not forget, a year ago, my guy was presenting, oh, yeah, it's happening, people. I just got off the phone to the, the sheikh of, of Saudi Arabia. We're going to see the, the Gypsy King versus AJ, and it's on, it's, it's done. Yep. Daniel yeah. Kinahan is my man. And it's like, yeah. yeah but, but Tony, at the same time, Eddie Hearn also said the same thing. He said that the fight's signed, it's done. Mm. So, I mean, it wasn't just him. I don't know if that's an issue. We, of, didn't, we oh, didn't hear that hyperbole from, from AJ, did we? No, but right. I, AJ has a different demeanor. And to me, right. like, shut him out until you got the deal down the, over the line. Let me yeah. ask you this. Oh, let me ask you this, right? Because I want to. This is something I've done a video on in the past. I remember when Tyson went. Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson, that is, went out to the UK. He's getting mobbed everywhere. Left yeah, right he, he came to my gym. Yeah, he went, and then he went back, and he's doing these speaking tours and stuff. Everybody loves him, right? We love him, right? But you, I mean, you want to talk about people saying crazy stuff? I mean, who said more crazy things than Mike Tyson? Okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying. He told, he, told, he told a male reporter that he was essentially going to violate him. I'm using a different word than the R word, you know. Uh, yeah. Press conference, he essentially said the same thing to a woman. He said that he'd eat. He yeah, yeah. To fornicate with her and was like looking dead in her eyes, like, serious? I, I mean, he... I, and what's the point? What's the point, uh, maestro? The point is this. Uh, there seems to be a reaction to Fury announcing a fight, but in the same country, they they love a foreigner who's done like I said way crazier shit. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, people get people can go crazy over hyperbole, yeah. Especially your casuals. Casuals will go crazy just hearing a man say, "I want to fight him." You know, the, the, the fact that um, Chris Eubank Jr. has, has called out um, Kelbrook, your casuals are like, yeah, let's get it on. We want that. that, that that's, the, that's the smoke that we want to see. Yeah. Your, boxing, your boxing aficionado, your guys who really read the sport are like, yeah. come on, guys, that's not really the fight we want to see. No, not you know, at we're, all. We're still on the, we're still on the, we want to see Errol Spence against Terence Crawford. We want to see, you know, the, 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 they're not the fights that we want to see. We want to see Conor Ben fight David Avenician. Yeah, you know, we don't want to see him fight like a washed-up Kel Brook. 
No, take on a guy. I don't get explain that one to me and Osborne. Feel free to jump in on this one too, because I don't understand. I don't understand honestly why he's got the following that he apparently has in the UK. He's in his mid thirties. Uh, he's never won a world title. He's acting as if he's already like some kind of all time great, and now he's calling out uh, a past his prime former welterweight champion. What what's going on with Chris Eubank Jr.? I don't think Chris Eubank Jr. has actually got that following. I actually really don't. I think he's um, he's obviously sold this dream, and a lot of people turn up to his fights because they want to see him lose. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So you're saying don't. he's a fraud? Yeah, no, I do. Damn, nah, bro. I'm, I'm nah, he, look, he, look, he, look, he looks like it. He looks. He actually looks and acts like it. We Kenny, look at his record. He's got, the, he's got the tattoo job done on his scalp. Yeah, he, he, got, he got the false bravado, the the the, the, the fake model thing going. He's yeah, actually, Kenny, he's Kenny look at the record, man. The man, yes, the man, man has no wins. He has no signature wins that you can go. Oh, look at this win. His biggest name as a win is Avni Yildrim. I was gonna say James the Gale, but the Gale, the Gale was old. Yeah, you said name. You didn't okay, say okay, 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 okay. But over here, it's not accepted <laughs> that he beat the Gale. He he beat the Gale, but people don't mention that fight. Olympic gold medalist, uh, two-time. Uh, I think it, it was time, right? One sixty-eight. Yeah, it's not. It's not a fight that we we we, yeah, we look upon and go. You know, fight. you didn't take the man at his peak. You yeah. didn't take him at his peak. You didn't take him in any shape. But one thing I just want to like just quickly cook on is yeah, like go for it. this weekend when Brooke and Connor fought. I always feel like in the UK, Khan doesn't get the respect that he deserves for what he's done for the sport because he's done a lot for the sport. Do you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, of recent years, a lot of people just go back to him getting sparked out when he came for the homecoming, which was a major thing. And he got sparked, and then he went over and fought Canelo, and he was doing well, but again got sparked. He doesn't get the respect for that. And then it's the same as, like, Cal. Like, he, people have been talking like he's shit, and he isn't, because you don't become a world world champion if you're crap. It just doesn't happen, does it? You know what I mean? Like, you don't, yeah, to me, it doesn't happen. And, like, people are talking, like, his career, don't get me wrong, if you put two careers aside, put them together, you would say Khan has had the better career. But Cal, to get where he's got, he's done well in his career. Do I mean, don't get me wrong, he has wasted a lot of time chasing the Khan fight. He was obsessed, but he has done well in his career. And like both guys will not get the respect that they deserve, both of them. And it's just, it's nuts. They get respect over here in the U.S., though. Like, uh, you know, uh, Amir Khan has definitely done a lot for the welterweight division and the sport of boxing, and so has Kell Brook. You know, they, 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 they go too. They, they clown Amir Khan a yeah, lot. Of, of course, they, of course, they clown Amir Khan for his chin and his flaws and the the legs, the, the Bambi legs, as they call him. But everybody, everybody gives him respect for his uh, quality of opponents. One hundred percent. He's only lost to the best, really. Other than yeah, the absolutely. I mean, let's let's just forget that Brady's Prescott um defeat at the beginning of his career. Yeah, shall we, Maestro? But, yeah, but he wasn't even a bad fighter, even though Pre- Brady's Prescott. He wasn't a. But terrible. hang on, wait. Did but you yeah. see how many people beat Brady's Prescott? This guy afterwards, afterwards, not before that fight, but yes, yeah, you're yeah. Right. 
Let but me, that's what I'm saying. Quick, I mean, me the thing is, I, I said it earlier, you know, Ame Khan never looks... And, and I, I know people will say Danny Garcia was the one exception that he looked for a bit of revenge. But he never looks at a fighter and goes, I lost to you one time, but I know I can beat you and I'm coming back at you. That was a bad sign early on with Bredis Prescott, for sure. Let me get to the super chat real quick. Uh, Slide Tendencies, my brother Sly, he's also a member of the channel. Salute to you. Thank you so much. He says Chris Eubank Jr. is a lot like Megan McCain here in America. She's a, a talk show host, guys, she's on the show called The View, or at least used to be. Terrible TV show. Anyways, their resume is just a picture of their father. Shout out to Big Maestro and Kenny KO. Thank you so much, brother. And then we got another one from Nando who didn't say anything. Sometimes, uh, I guess he's following the, the AJ. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, um, Sly, 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 and Nando always up in the in the comments, man. Respect to those guys. Man. But hey, yeah, guys, I mean, like you know, look, I gotta say, yeah. man, you know, I I was on your podcast when the big fight was announced. You know, now we have the fight. It That's will be April twenty third is the date. I Can't believe wait. it's going to be in Wembley, so it's my hometown. It's my home. Maestro, city. you've got the passport. You've got to come over now. I, I'm, planning, I'm planning it. I think I might. April 23rd, guys, you know. So, it's a big so, one. You know, um, Osborne, you've you've made it clear. You believe uh, Dillian can do it. I, I've trained with Dillian. I know Dillian personally. Uh, he's, you know, a wonderful guy. I'm going to be rooting for my guy from South London. Come on, Dillian, we can do this. I see how he can beat Tyson Fury. You're I in South London? Tyson, sorry? South London? Yeah. Okay. I used to live in Brixton, Talmor Road. Okay. Yeah. So if you know Talmor Road, I wasn't too far from yourself at one point. Yeah. Um, uh, Chantry Road, yeah. opposite the um, the Apollo. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Where, absolutely. Yep. That was where my family house was. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So you're going to be supporting him? You're going to go out to the stadium, Tony? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to be supporting him all the way. Um, you know, that's my boy. As I said, um, you know, I'm going to be giving him my full support. I quite honestly, I used to like Tyson Fury, but you know what? Of late, the clown show has become unbearable. It's become unbearable. I I, I totally have lost any kind of interest in this guy. I, 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 I cringe when I hear him open his mouth. Well, guys, you know, maybe it's fortuitous that this arrived courtesy of DHL last week. You know, I got my new one. Doesn't have the EU on it anymore. They switched up the color on me. But uh, yeah. I got to get back out there. But let, give me a crowd split. 50-50 Fury White, 60-40 Fury, 60, 40 White Fury. What, what do you think the crowd is going to be like? I'm going to go 60-40 to Tyson Fury. Wow, I wasn't expecting I think he has a following now, and I think a lot of people will be interested in his come-home fight. So that kind, um, of dispels, that kind of dispels then the view that, you know, White is a is a more popular guy in the UK then, because that's what I was always fight, hearing. Um, I'll tell, tell you what makes this fight is the fact that everybody knows Dillian White. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that this is a hard-nosed guy. He's a true professional. He's been sitting and waiting for this opportunity. Now we're going to see... Tyson Fury in with a live opponent. Yeah, let's be honest. The third fight with Wilder, everybody thought that was dead food. 
it turned out to be a classic fight. But before the fight actually started, before the bell rang, I, I was like, this fight doesn't make any this it makes no sense. I mean we saw we saw Tyson Fury destroy Wilder in the second fight. What made you think anything was gonna change in the third fight? Kenny, tell me. I didn't. I, I didn't think anything was gonna change in the third fight. Uh, you don't I, 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 I didn't think anything was gonna change in the third fight. I just don't think that he was fooled either. You know, when you when you talk to me about food, that's like Canelo versus Avni Yildrim. That's food. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think that that was food. You you know, uh, Deontay Wilder is dangerous to anybody, whether he has zero boxing skill or not. That right hand is dangerous to anybody. It could put anybody down and out. So, you know, that's why it's like you can't say that that's food. I didn't think he was going to win, though, but you can't say yeah. that's food either. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, You know, Wilder is dangerous to anybody at any given time. But for me, that was a walk down. You know, let's be honest. For, for the first two rounds, Wilder was showing something different. And then after that, he, revert, he reverted to type. It was a walk down. You jab him for a round and a half, and then he yeah. abandoned it, and then went it was all over. We all knew that. You what, know, what, what was going to happen next? It's funny because that's exactly how I kind of see the Dillian White fight going. I see him trying to box um, responsibly, and I see that falling apart after a couple of rounds, and him just getting into a firefight with Fury. And I see Fury really trying to, you know, um, walk him down, just like he did with with, with White. That's kind of see how I see the fight going. You know, I'm not I'm not expecting two guys just bouncing and boxing on their toes for 12 rounds. Like at some point, a fight is going to break out. I, I don't no, know. At some gonna... point, Dylan White's going to come out straight out the gate. He didn't do that against Povetkin in the rematch. Nah, nah, but he this didn't is do that Fury. He's, he's got to do it differently. This is Fury. He's got to get straight in there. His head in his chest. Don't let mm. him move. Don't let him do all this. Yeah. Well, Nando says he knows what's happening. He's like, left, right, good night, Dasa. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Dillian White is a master of the dark arts. John, John Fury knows that he's going to have to expect everything. Stepping on toes, knees, elbows, head. This is going to be a war for Tyson Fury. I'm looking forward to it. Man, look, at the end of the day, guys, Dillian White is always in exciting fights. The two Man. fights with Chisora were unbelievable. You know, especially the first one. I mean, the second one, I thought that the referee got too involved. Um, what's his name? John, John David something or forget his Bro, name. Bro, listen, I know you all remember the, fight, the punch that um, Dylan White threw with all his might and he missed. We yeah. all remember that punch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're hearing pound for bound um, uh, Jack talking about Kronk Fury. You know, he has changed up. He switched up his style. Uh, he's much more offensively minded. They go for the KO. I know Dillian's going to be going for the KO. I think... I th I think Fury's gonna uh fight the first half of the fight the way that he fought uh the first fight against Wilder. He's gonna be boxing more because why not? Uh, uh, Dillian White, I do think, like Osborne said, I do think Dillian White is gonna come out here with the fire. I think he's gonna come out swinging for the fences in the first couple rounds, and 
it's just the smart thing to do for Fury to do fight that, you know, little box, a little jab, a little pity pat, move out the way, you know, a little jab, a little right here and there until maybe oh, round four. He fainted. Yeah, yeah un- until round four or so. And then lay into him with the Kronk style. I, bro, I look, AJ took this guy White's soul. He still has it. A, 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 the uh, White soul is hanging on AJ's wall. Where's AJ's Fury, soul at? Fury, Fury, we already know where that soul Stop is at. It, Fury, Stop Fury, it, man. Stop it, man. Is that with Andy Ruiz still? I don't Stop know. It, bro. Fury is fighting a soulless body right now. You know what I'm saying? Fury is going to put the man out of his misery. Fury's going to go out there to set, to, to set a point, to make a statement. Like, look, Anthony Joshua did this. I did it sooner. I, I You know, wow. I don't see why he would not. I, like The guy, we, we all know he's extremely tall, got extremely long reach, has a, a great gas tank, has a great boxing ability, and we found out in the last two fights that the guy can punch too. You know, so... It's gonna be really hard for for uh, Dillian White if he doesn't get him in those first two rounds. His best I'm, shot I'm, is I'm, buzzing. I'm, His I'm best gonna, shot is I'm to buzz him in the first couple. I'm gonna I'm put a caveat over that punch, that punch power, because we only really seen it against Wilder. I mean, you know, he's he's put other people away, but he's not a knockout puncher. He's not a concussive puncher. Wasn't. A concussive punch. I mean, look, the, the way a yeah. puncher. Yeah. I didn't get to answer the question about the. Um... It's hard to be that when you're bo- boxing this way the whole time. He's two. He's six nine. He's two seventy plus. Now he's stepping on that front foot and throwing forward as opposed to throwing kind of as he's going back. It's totally different mechanics. I, I think a big man hitting you with those shots. It's got to be knockout, man. Yeah, if he's committed so, to them. So, what do you think get, the, sorry, the tactic get, will be? I didn't get to Gillian answer the White. question. Sorry, go, 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 go for go it, go Osborne. I didn't get to answer the question about um, the crowd. If it's in London, I feel like it'll be seventy thirty white. If it's anywhere else, then I think Fury fans will come out in force. But in London, people are coming out to ride for white. Hang on, wait, 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 Osborne. You cheat. You 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 are forgetting. Um, that the the Gypsy King is Ireland's own. London has a huge Irish population, and, and they travel. Travel. I was about He's to say a traveler. Travel. Yeah. That's right. So those travelers, believe me, they've been saving their pennies for this day. They. Let me tell you this: when he fought, no Wilder, doubt. when he fought Wilder in L.A. There was more Fury fans there that had listen, than there were people supporting Wilder. Listen, I was at, upset about I, that. I'm going to tell you, I was at both fights with with um, Tyson Fury against Derek Chisora. I was at both fights live. He brings his people, and they come in, they turn up, they take their tops off, and it's like, hey, them guys, man, they make their presence known. Expect to see some action outside the ring, too. <laughs> really? I'm not joking you. I heard there were a lot of fights in Manchester on Yeah, there was. Expect to see some action outside the ring. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Because his crowd of people, they like it. They like it. They, they, they will be 
giving it the mouth almighty and I, I expect somebody's going to get charged and there will be some action outside the ring. Well, there you go, guys. Look, uh, Osborne and Tony, uh, check the private chat because I'm dropping my uh, my uh, my WhatsApp in there for you if you guys are on WhatsApp because I'm going to be trying to do more stuff on uh, UK Standard Time uh, moving forward, especially on the weekend. I want to make sure I let you guys know because you guys always have the great contributions. And, well, Maestro, uh, sorry, can you um, just drop like a link to how to become a member? Because I've been trying to do that for a hot minute. Bro. Oh yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. I'll, I'll do that yeah. right now for I'll do that right now for everybody. Actually, thank you. Yeah. Um, you gotta go to you gotta go to my main page, and I'll put it up there now, and then it's right there on the main page. Um, you should see something that says uh, that says join, and you just click the join button. So actually, thank you because I'll let everybody know that. Yeah, go to my main page. And then uh, click the join button. When you click the join button, you can subscribe for a little membership. And you get a belt every month like a martial artist. You mm-hmm. got to earn that black belt eventually. I'm going to send the link out to my channel as well. Uh, you can't subscribe to my channel. I'm a newer channel. But I'm already you know, subscribed. Some love there. Yeah, I'm we already love your content, well, bro. We love your content, you, man. Thank you so you much. You saw me the other day. I, I was on Definitely, you, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm saying for everybody who's watching currently live, not only you oh, guys. Like, okay. Yeah, you know, we, 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 we talking. We have a conversation. Everybody else who, who's watching live, you know, show me some love. I got the newer channel, you know what I'm saying? We growing. We making things happen. We be Absolutely. over there talking smack. And the next thing I want to do, I couldn't do it tonight, unfortunately, because it was um, put up to uh, later on and I had an engagement already. But the round table is actually happening right now on D style boxing. It's not happening Thursday. He's doing it tonight. So I dropped the link to the round table. It's in the chat. All right. If you want to continue the boxing discussion, make sure you go over there. Make sure you let Maestro Maestro sent you. Okay. I gotta get back out to my UK people soon. All right, and, uh, I'm I'm seriously considering this flight, especially since the UK government did something. That definitely needs to happen here federally, which is the lifting of all these these dumbass requirements. Um, That's right. We're free from Thursday. Everything yeah. from Thursday is finished. We 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 have no restrictions. You can get COVID. You don't have to stop working. You can do everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like I need to move out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, for that and and the NHS, which is something we also need out here. Um, we need we need you know. Government uh, sponsored healthcare, you know, we need that too. But uh, I'll do that on my other channel. It's where people, oh my, so why do you get into politics? This is why this came here for the boxing. Okay, <laughs> so we'll do that over there. All right, before so, you lock off, can I just ask, do people know Brooke over there? Because I've been hearing, you know, look, mm-hmm. like anywhere, Definitely. you've got your, your, your hardcore fans and you've got your casual fans. I would say oh, anyone man. with, I don't know. Even a, like a, a more savvy casual should know who Kell Brook is because he fought Errol Spence Jr. and he beat Sean Porter. And that was all, yeah. both of those fights were on U.S. television, right? Yeah. So so they should know. They should definitely know. But is he like a star? Oh, also he fought Terrence Crawford too That's on right. ESPN. So they should know from that too. Yeah. Um, but I was saying this on, on, on The Undefeated, right? Kell Brook suffers from the same thing that Junior Witter suffered from. 
right? And Osborne, you'll know about this. If you're from Leeds, if you're from Bradford, if you're from Sheffield, you're not getting a push like people from London. It's just not happening. Come on. You can't be saying that. If there is one person who is able to do it, one person that I can think of, and that is the guy I grew up being like, wow, look at this dude. But he was literally coming in on magic carpets and was dancing behind screens. and, and That's and not that. true, bro. That's not true. No, I'm sorry. We have fighters, we have fighters from all over Britain. If Junior Witter was from London, Junior Witter would have been bigger. I have no, a, that's yeah. not true. Yes. That's not true. Look yes. at the, our biggest export came from Manchester. Our, biggest, our two biggest exports that come from Manchester, Ricky Hatton and Tyson Fury. Notice I didn't say Manchester. Notice I didn't say Liverpool. I specifically was talking about uh, um, Yorkshire. I was talking about That's different. Okay, so what about Amir Khan? Let me tell you this. What about Amir Khan? He's from Bolton. Bolton is from just outside Manchester. Let me tell you this. It's a small place. Osborne, is Manchester City known everywhere in the world? No. Manchester. Manchester City, the football club? What? No. Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool (laughs) FC. These are global brands. Manchester City is not a global brand. Who knows about Sheffield Hallam or Sheffield United or Sheffield anything Sheffield? Bro, Manchester City is not a global brand. Man City is a global brand. No, it's not. Man City owns the team here in New York, New York City FC. They also own the team team in Australia. Yeah, I I actually see. I don't even know any. I I, I don't really see. Everybody knows that. And if I don't really have the global resume like Maestro, but but yeah, Manchester. Everybody, is everybody knows Liverpool and Man United. You can't even argue That's that. That's right. Everybody Those are the teams. Man United. Those are the teams. Yes. United, Liverpool, yes. Chelsea, Arsenal. Well, and what Tottenham. do we got? What do we got? Manchester City. Manchester City has only come lately. They they just jumped on the team. What are the three cities you got? London, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham, Birmingham. Birmingham's the second largest city in England. So Thank you. So too. give it his Jude. Give it his credit. There are Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham who are really good. That's where I'm just saying Yorkshire is not on that level. It's just not. It is, bro. It's not. I'm going to Come on. Bruv, bruv, maestro, listen. Ingle Jim, Sheffield, maestro Yorkshire. Sheffield, Yorkshire. Nassim Hamid, Kel Brook, Johnny Nelson. Junior Witter. Um, All of them would have been bigger if they were from London, except for Nazim. Probably Nazim would have been bigger. I mean, <laughs> bloody hell, the list goes on and on and on. And no, there, there's nothing to do with London. London. They're all been bigger if they're from London. No, it's not you true. You know it and I know it. You it's know it true. and I know it. It's not true. No, that's not true. If the talent is good enough, it doesn't matter where it comes from. I, I can tell you about a kid who came out of a slum who nobody knew his name was Manny Pacquiao. Good he point. put his country on a map. Yeah, that's a Nobody good even point. knew where Philippines was. Oh, no, 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 no. Manny Pacquiao oh. came out. <laughs> you got to go back to Pancho Villa and all kind of great fighters from the Philippines. Come on, now you tripping. I was nah, because you. nobody knows those guys. I was nobody with you. Nobody knows those guys except you, you Maestro. You last point. I was with you until you made that last little... No! <laughs> Maestro, <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows the fighter you just mentioned Except you. Okay. All right. Say his name again. I dare you. Pancho Villa. Osborne, do you know Pancho Villa? Thank you. 
Okay. I just proved my point. I do. Kenny, Kenny, what do you know about Pancho Villa? A fighter. Look him up. Yeah. <laughs> This is why you don't know him. See, my answer is gonna school the panel right now, real quick. So my answer is gonna school the panel. All right. So <laughs> the reason you don't know him is because again, this is my historian brain kicking in. Pancho Villa, Francisco Villarreal Guierdo, uh for uh, from nine from uh nineteen Filipino to nineteen twenty five. He's Filipino. Philippines was a colony of Spain, my brother. A lot of them. Have oh, he's, he's he's half Spanish, half he's Filipino. Not. He's Filipino. He was. Listen to the guy's name. Lived. He lived. But his name's not Manny Pacquiao. I was he's... just giving you some historical context. That's okay, my brother. My brother. Okay. I hear what you're saying, but I'm I'm gonna have to agree to differ. Just say because... boxing in the Philippines didn't start with Manny Pacquiao. It goes all the way to nineteen oh one. That's all. Oh, I'm... oh, oh. It, 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 it's okay to agree to disagree sometimes. It's all it's right. Okay you know what I'm saying? We can, we can, I, I'm going to just put it this way. Nobody outside of Maestro A. Miller <laughs> is going to know Pancho Villa from Spanish Philippines. Okay. Yeah? Got it. Mi <laughs> hermano is not, is not, his name's not even Filipino. He well, doesn't even you know speak Philippine. Is, he speaks Manny, Spanish. And his name is 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 Emmanuel. I mean, a lot of see Ferdinand. You know that the the biggest leader right now it was for in the Philippines history is Ferdinand Marcos, right? Spanish first name, Spanish. Yeah, last yeah. Okay, let yeah. me not get into this. We're going off. Topic. <laughs> Hit me up. I dropped my number on the, on the private chat. I got it. Osborne, you do the same. All right, yeah, that's going to be sure, it for, us for this sure. week. We got to get out of here. Kenny T. Mono Live. You got to take care, brother. It's always Thank a pleasure. Great yeah, discussion. Thank you, brother. All right, check out Knockdown. Maestro. Thank you, brother. Come back, please. That's it. We out of here. Thank you. See you guys Bye for Wednesday, night. man. See you at the round table. Good night, fellas. Good night, everybody.